0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com.
2: Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Today is June 25th, 2013. Our show tonight, we've got some interesting European brewers here. And hey, thanks to our sponsor, greatbrewers.com. You can learn more about beer. Go to greatbrewers.com. All right. I'm here with Jen Swartman from uh, Blind Tiger, who's moving Hi, Jimmy. out west. Jen, you just Tomorrow. took an awesome trip. <laughs> Tell us what you yeah. just did. You were in oh Vermont. Oh, my gosh.
3: I went up. I took advantage of the fact that I'm still in the east for a few more days. And I went up to... A, I went up to Burlington. I went to Waterbury and went to Prohibition Pig, which is an awesome beer bar, barbecue place. I went and hung out with uh, Sean Lawson at Lawson's Finest Liquids uh, for a collaboration, Spruce Tip Beer he did with Vermont Pub and Brewing for some special events they have coming up. Um, They have a beer festival coming up. and then So I was picking Spruce Tips. And then I went and visited our buddy Dave Broderick and stayed on his farm for a couple nights. And went and saw an ate Worthy Burger for the oh, first went to time? Oh, Worthy Burger. Oh, wow. my gosh. Guys,
2: you know, you got to go to Worthy Burger.
3: Vermont's a let's get the microphone. We've got some guys place. from Europe
2: who've never been on the air before. We've got Lionel from Silly and Alexander from Closter on Docs here today with their handlers from their importers. But, so, Jen, Worthy Burger, Dave Broderick. So oh, it what's turned out great.
3: Everybody's been raving about it, and he's been talking about it. I mean, we've heard about it on the show since it was pretty much just a twinkle in his eye. And... He has great partners, and they 've come up with this amazing bar in south royalton and then it makes <laughs> I had the best burger i 've ever had, uh, yeah with cremont uh, Vermont like goat i think it 's goat sheep 's milk cheese and bacon and um, caramelized onions. I highly recommend that combination when you get up there but that yeah, great. and then I saw the new place because they 're opening up the second place in Woodstock, Vermont called Worthy Kitchen. And it's well underway. I mean, like, the construction, you can see how it's going to be. And it should be open, I think, in August is what they're saying. So a lot of exciting stuff with good friends of ours going on up there. And then I went to the Shelton Brothers Festival all weekend and saw even more friends from all over the world. Because this is the month of, of uh, brewers <laughs> visiting New York. And, Crazy amount. Uh, right There's, now from all over the world. After
2: this show tonight, we're going to go to Spite and Dive and hang out with the guys from Co- Coat mm-hmm. Brewery. Uh, the first time in New York, they're from Czech, Czech Republic. Yeah, and, it, and you then I've to smite got my nose too, right?
3: Oh, I went to. Oh, that's uh, yeah. And en route uh, from Dave's, Dave's uh, farm up to uh, Portland for the festival, I stopped through and saw our friend Davey Arrington, and he showed me their new brewery. That's amazing. It's going to be Gold Star Lead Certified. I think I got that right. Like the highest level, so it is so ecologically sound and uh, the details of it are incredible it's really incredible it's beautiful and they're going to it's going to have a lot of great beer garden and tasting room and restaurant and all sorts of things it'll be a great place to visit when people make it up to New Hampshire
2: Well Jenna we're, we're going to make a toast to you cuz it's not really um, your last night here but you are moving to the west coast It's the last coast.
3: one for a while And yeah, we're going to miss I'm, you a lot I'm picking up a 26 as a, a 26 instead of a 20 foot u-haul tomorrow it's going to be 26 year old Quite the sight to see me uh driving through Manhattan and that tomorrow
2: all right. Well, welcome. Welcome, boys. This is uh, I'm Jimmy Carboni. Jimmy's number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. And uh, July Good Beer Month is kicking off next week. Uh, we're waiting for Mayor Bloomberg to give us our proclamation for the fifth year that uh, July is New York City Good Beer Month. And we try to support all the small independently owned beer bars in New York by, by uh, co-founding the Good Beer Seal. And you'll learn lo- more about that next week. So check out com. There's some special events, including uh, we're back-ending it this year. We're going to end the month, uh, July 31st, uh, with Edible Manhattan and Edible Brooklyn at a good beer event. And um, we'll have a special – we'll be doing some live webcasts uh, at WNYC, the green space, called the Craft Beer Jam. We're going to have three of those, July 10th, 17th, and 24th. It's really awesome. But keep checking in at com. All right. So we've got Lionel from Silly. This is a brewery that you may have heard about. Um, I've had the this, this, this Scotch Silly and the Silly Saison for many years. And uh, he's here with Dan Turdo, who's his handler from the Importer Global. <laughs> and we've also handler. got a, a, a new guy here. Say hi, Lionel. Come on. Hello. Hello, everybody. Bonjour tout le monde. I heard you have a very strange Belgian accent. Uh, yeah, people say that. I can try to, to is speak Is it stranger
3: English, than a regular Belgian accent? <laughs> I mean, why is it a strange Belgian accent?
2: Well, he told me he wanted to, to say he had a strange Belgian accent. Okay. Oh, if I speak
4: uh, English... Like, uh, you won't understand me. I can try to. But, uh, Nonsense.
3: You sound fine. <laughs> but you do. We understand every word. <laughs>
4: I need some more beers to do that. <laughs> we really
2: do. And then we've got this uh, first to New York, uh, our guy, Alexander Rice, close to Andex. It's uh, from ba- Bavaria, Bayern. It's an older uh, Benedictine monk. Yeah right. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, cause so he's, Kostun- Ananda, Alimidhan- he's wearing to wear. a typical Bayern uh, like a Bavarian <laughs> jacket. It's like a it's like a it's like a suit jacket without a collar. It's yeah right. Yeah. That's the typical tri- 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 thing to to wear. Yeah. yeah. And you're here with Lars from Saint Killian's. You, you, you Lars has been on a few times with uh, some interesting. You guys got beers. Lars, you got beers from all over the world. You got. <laughs> Uh, you know, nine sixty one from Lebanon. Oh yeah, you know, the, cra- the crazy guy from Scotland. What was his name? S- How about Williams it was, Brothers? Uh,
5: uh, Norman Sinclair from Orkney. Yes. Do,
2: you have,
3: do you have Williams Brothers also? We do. Yeah. import do really? Bruce, is, as a well. I, Bruce we, is a great. Bruce is a great friend import, of mine. We import
5: Williams Brothers in Vermont right. and yeah. Orkney from Scotland. And several other UK brands, and uh, certainly uh, several really nice uh, German brands. And and Andex is, I would consider a crown jewel right now in our
3: Fantastic. in our
5: lineup as uh, one of the f- very few remaining monastery breweries in
6: Germany.
3: How long have they been around?
6: 1455.
3: Yeah, that's is a while. That's
6: pretty long. Yeah, yeah since, right. since there's a little history Alexander, there. Alexander, since when? It's 1455 <laughs> since we brew beer. So nice. it's a long time now.
3: Yeah, you haven't been there since the beginning.
6: No, I'm sure not. (laughs) Well, Lars, give us some background.
2: Background. I mean, we're we're we're, we've got a lot of brewers coming in the studio tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us about Close (laughs) Andere.
5: Well, close the whole story, the backstory.
2: Why you guys are in New York? What's what's special about this?
5: Well, Close to Andex has probably been one of those few breweries uh, been trying to export or find an importer in the U.S. forever. And uh, it's taken almost 30 years for that, for that to make happen in the recent, recent, recent history. And why, why? And they, it, it's, it's a long story, but in short, there have been uh, uh, some, some legal, legal issues with them looking to actually produce in the U.S. versus importing. And there's been uh, a connection there for a long time, and that had to be taken care of. And that only happened about two years ago. Luckily, we were right there, and, um, and through the help, I have to point out, through the help of Sylvester Schneider, who owns Zum Schneider in the city and on Montauk, who is a native of. He grew up just a couple miles away from Andex, and he's been bugging them ever since he's had his uh, place in, in, in the city for about 13 years. He recommended us as. He recommended St. Killian as the importer, and Chris Sheehan, and several others of us went out and uh, made our presentation, and we were chosen as the importer for the northeast of the U.S., so everything uh, Virginia north up to Kentucky is our territory. Great.
2: Congratulations. Yeah. Well, well, let's, thank let's you. Let's give the rundown. now. So
5: uh, Benedictine Monastery.
2: Yeah, that's right. We've been making beer for a long time.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are the typical styles that, that you serve? The typical style is the Bockdunkel. That's what we have here It's a, a, a double bot means it's alcohol like 7.8 It's brewed out of dark uh, barley malt And with a nice uh, aroma hops from Holodown So the special is that we still do the traditional treat The decoction system, the brewing And we have over 6 weeks uh, storage time With coldness like minus 1 degrees Yeah, and then just a small filtration To get the, 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 the proteins out And then that's it it's a
2: nice beer. Yeah, Alexander, t- tell us how you got started. You went. Tell us where you went to school, your first job in, in the beer industry. Oh,
6: I, I started just a normal school, and then afterwards I went to Stefan, the Staatsbrauerei in Freising. Mm-hmm. So and I learned the job doing everything by hands, really learning it. And afterwards I was at the Augustiner Brewery in Munich for almost six years. Then I went to school, so I learned the brewmaster. Then I went to Straubing, that's the Klamalitten brewery. This was almost a monastery brewery. I worked there as a brewmaster. And afterwards, yeah, the next one was a brewery in Algol. It's in the Alps. I was there as technical director for three years. And then Andex came up. So since and I'm been eight years.
3: Yeah, oh, how many years? Eight years now. Eight years. Eight yeah.
6: years I'm there as yeah. the technical director. So you're the technical
2: director. That's yeah. So that means you're in charge of, of the brewery yeah. and all those things? Or what?
6: Yeah, everything. So the whole yeah. process brewing from buying yeah. the barley, the malt, all this stuff, till to the bottle, that's my job. Yeah.
2: So who's your boss?
6: A monk. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> uh, Pater Valentin and Frater Leonhard. And then, what, like, what do they do with you? They talk to you. They yeah, sure. give you we, money. What do they do? Yeah, of course, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, no, we talk together. We try to make the beer good. Everything gonna be together. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really nice uh, atmosphere there.
2: So, when you came in, did you change any beers? Yeah. The recipes?
6: Or <clears throat> no, recipes not. But you can always do it a little better. So we try to to make the the technical stuff better. To to yeah, just to do it better. That's it. Okay. So so, so CO2 stuff and stuff like this. Uh, lots to do.
2: And what what about the challenges for you of exporting? Was it, was this a new challenge?
6: Yeah, it was a new challenge. Uh, like uh, last said, it was uh, not very easy for us to do this, but we really want to do it. So now we are very happy and proud that it, we we did it.
3: We're, um, So... Were you exporting outside of Germany, not to the United States, but outside? Or yeah,
6: we did uh, the Europe. Europe. The whole so you, Europe you've yeah, been yeah. doing that for yeah, a while. Yeah,
3: and then you can you can find this beer all over um, in Germany, yes, I assume, can. too. Def- yeah, definitely. Do they have it on draft as well as in bottle or only in uh, bottles? Both. both, both. We yeah. do
6: have both, yeah. So seven okay. uh, kind of beers in bottles and barrels.
3: And are you sending barrels over also? Yeah, can we you did. Find yeah, 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 Great.
6: yeah, 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 yeah,
2: sure. So. Yeah. And then we also Keep your got. Eyes out. Yeah, cheers to you guys, man. <laughs> All right. Lars, <laughs> tell us more about this because, you know, you guys are tracking down, at St. Killian's, you're tracking down, really, I mean, at this point, you're global. I mean, you've got Absolutely, American yeah. Meads, Lebanese beers, 961, <laughs> our good friend, yep. and uh, Orkney from Scotland. Yeah,
5: I mean, so. Th- we also import uh, Tusker from uh, Kenya. Uh, we, have, we, we import San Miguel from the Philippines and yeah so so we're definitely uh global if you will. Uh, we have Moa from New Zealand which is uh making really really strong impact in the market for us. Um, Steinlager also from New Zealand. So so our our strategy is very very global. Um it's been amazing on 961 to to find new places that that take on the beer from Middle East and restaurants that we've never been able to sell anything to. Um, but our our German portfolio is is very strong besides Andex, there's also Traunstein. Uh, very close by, which is a small family-owned brewery that we import uh, only on draft and pretty much only sell it to a few accounts in the in the country. So uh, you know, and, and with Ondex, our strategy for sure is to to build it slowly. There's only limited amounts of beer that we can get on a on a on an annual basis. So we 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 will roll this out very uh, very slowly and and together with the brewery. You know, it's
2: one thing that's nice about. German beers I, I've always loved them I think they go well With food um, And the styles Are, are fairly traditional um, I don't know Jen are, are you a fan Of
3: German beers? Yes Absolutely I have been So isn't
2: the, Are you drinking The Doppelbach right now? I'm actually the drinking
3: Helles? The Helles Yeah And I'm looking In this in this uh, little stash We have here And there's also A Weiss Weiss beer Dunkel And a Weiss beer Helles well, Oh, so, that's powerful. I know Because when I went To Germany the first time Which was a long time ago In 1991 I fell in love with their Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. And that's when I wrapped my brain around what German yeast strains for Hefeweizen yeah. really do for beer. And then I was such a stickler that I came back to the United States right. and people would hand me what they called a Hefeweizen. I was like, no, that's not a Hefeweizen.
5: Right. <laughs> this, the, the, but, Andex, the Andex Hefeweizen is a great example of a Hefeweizen that's not overly banana-ish. It's not overly clove. It, it has an amazing balance and a totally different structure in mouthfeel than, than any other uh from Germany that, that I know.
3: I think I'm going to open Or from around one the world right to, as
5: a matter of fact. So that the Doppelbach is the highest rated Doppelbach on almost every Ameri- that American American beer beer import or beer review website. That
3: Doppelbach is the type of a Doppelbach that a lot of American brewers could learn from oh, yeah. because a lot of times when they try to make a Doppelbock, it ends up being actually residually sweet, yes. which I know is not what the style is about. Correct. And so it's definitely malt leaning if you have to put it on an index with you know hops yeah, right. to malt, but it should not be sweet. And when I no. when I try one that's true to its form, yeah, it's balanced, like this, the sweet and then it's the completely and balanced, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, honestly exactly. the kind of beer where I think of all the people out there who are learning about beer who would. Love to. Alexander, yeah,
2: love we're, we're going to take a short break, but say a few words in German for us about your beer. This is the space were skipped. All right, man. Cool. cool. We've got an international crowd of brewers here today. We're taking a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All
7: right. You're listening to O Lover by Four Lincolns on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more from Beer Sessions
1: Radio. Download their mobile Beer Cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today.
2: Yeah. Hey, welcome back to nice Beer Sessions be Radio. Hey, nice to meet you, too. All right, they're, baby. Their production's taking place. We just had the, the guy we've been waiting for. Uh, we first time in be? New York in a long time. Uh, the guy's from Kot Joel, how do you say it? Kot Nasimavie. Thank you. Kot People of our Kot It's a small town in the Czech Bohemian Forest. Uh, it's a great brewery, Kot. It's the first time they've been in New York. They were here this weekend for the festival in Maine. And uh, they made it to our show tonight. So let's give them a round of applause. Everybody. All right. Then you do. But this is something special. I just read in the World Atlas of Beer by Tim Webb and Steve Beaumont that uh, you guys have a very special brewery. Adrian is going to speak, speak on behalf of the owner. Yeah, my friend here doesn't That's speak right. English. But I don't speak English either. Can he just, so. say, can he just <laughs> say, like, Dobry den? Dobry den. Okay. Dobry den. Dobriden. Yeah. So, Adrian, what your job is, is let him speak in Czech. Oh, I don't think so because it would take
8: too long. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. If you <laughs> want, let, let I, him I mean, say a, a few, few things. things. Yeah. So have,
2: ask him, say, um, let's do an international version today. Ask him, you know, tell him his name and what he does at the brewery, and a few words about the beer that we should know about.
4: Máte říct český, pár slov o sobě, odkud jste, něco o těch piva. Ne, český uh, jsem však Kouta našího města. Otevřel jsem si pivovar uh, po 40 letech, který byl uzavřený, a dělám v mě něm nejlepší pivo v Čechách.
2: And the reason I, want, I wanted to bring this up is this is very special for us because, you know, we know that um, Czech has a very long history of making beer going so far back. I know that under the Soviet era, you guys suffered and, you know, things, you had the old equipment, not, nothing was really done. So we're really excited to have you in New York. Um, so first of all, Adrian, so um, we know that you guys have a very great tradition and everyone wants to have Czech beer. You made, what, Pilsner and so many things. So tell us a few things about, about coat and the brewery and what you guys have done. Because you, you had to bring it back, right? It was closed. Where, right? where was is
3: closed. it in the Czech Republic? Yeah.
8: Actually, it's not far away from Pilsen. It's like 65 kilometers. What would that be in miles? You know? uh,
3: 40 know. miles. It's like,
8: yeah, divided by 1.6. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's south of Pilsen. It's a very small town, very traditional one. And the coat brewery, I mean, the first written records of the brewery uh, are dated back to, like, 1736 – so, that's the, that's the records we have actually found in Archive. So, it must have been there like, we guess it's been there like 100, 150 years before.
2: Yeah, and what we love is that you, this is a, a very traditional, great beer, you know, area. And I know that for all the changes in Prohibition and the Soviet era, you guys really suffered. And... Um, if you don't mind, let him say, ask him a few more questions because I think it's okay that for this show he speaks in Czech and I'm sure there's fans that, that can listen to us in Czech and you can translate afterwards. Okay, can go
8: on and ask questions. I mean, what, yeah. is,
2: what are you interested in? Say, it is, uh, it's his first time in New York. Uh, how, how much work did it take uh, for you guys to get your beer
4: to New York?
8: In fact, it Podstatě moc práce to work.
4: Uh, Vízpráce dalo se na trhu, kde
2: jsme
4: cool. podle a jsme Can we have him just for uspěre? for those
3: who
8: who who happened not to understand Czech? <laughs> do yeah. you want the translation? I would
3: like to know a little bit about okay. this brewery. So yeah.
8: actually, it was not the big thing was not. I mean, getting in and into U.S. because we met Shelton. The big thing was restoring the whole brewery. And, and and making it happen in the Czech. I mean, all the investments, you know, making go, make it successful domestically, make it renowned and make people know about it, taste it. What were people and, drinking
3: uh, before? I mean, were they
8: I mean, drinking craft, Czech beer? Uh, they were, of course, but mostly the mainstream because, you know, the big players now, they do have the money, you know, to, yeah. to buy out the market. So. We know that
3: in New York, too, with yeah. uh, a lot of, like, the, the big breweries that want to, like, Deter people from craft,
8: and they would, you know, they would They've gradually got lots and
3: lots of marketing dollars,
8: right? And they would gradually change,
3: yeah,
8: the taste. You know, they would try to make it cheaper to have more marketing money. They would do it gradually, and nobody recognizes how it tasted like I don't know ten years ago, fifteen years ago. So this is this is how they do it. You know, they have the money; they just buy out markets because we even had problems. I mean, there were pups uh, locally. Who would have got money not to serve our beers? You know, from pilsner Nurquell and the others. Yeah, they no, would just we pay we, them well not to not to have it, not to list it, not to not to buy it.
3: That's pretty devious, but we, I really do think that um, some of the the big brand importers, uh, who I could or could not name, who could splash every billboard in New York with their brand, um, gained quick brand recognition and really deterred people for a while from quality they were ready to go beyond our macro um beer and go to something that they thought was higher quality yeah. but instead of turning towards craft brands they were they were di- they, they were distracted yeah. and all of a sudden they started saying certain brands without even really knowing why and it was because yeah. it was the marketing dollar. Well a- so adrian i about, understand how that about just tell us
2: more about your journey i mean i i wanted to, to and, and tell us the owner's name again
8: you, you you tell us Adrian now. Okay, so you want me to t- tell saying, you first thing. What is his name again? Just okay, okay. Um, how the journey went? It no, was no, first, easy. I'm sorry again. Your, your, who are the people? Your friends
2: who are sitting with you today? who's yeah. Spoken
8: Czech. What is his name? It's he's Mr. Scala Jan Scala.
2: Yes. Very. So I, we wanted obviously. to give him a chance to speak in his language because we really respect what he's doing. Yeah. But now tell us you tell us more about the journey. I mean we love the Shelton brothers. And uh,
8: how long have you been working with the company? Give us some more information. It's not been long, actually. We first met last
9: year's summer, Joel. They, they still love us. That's why it's not been that long, you know. <laughs> <we can> <laughs> mostly, mostly Joel. Yeah, that's right. No,
8: they came. Joel's they came. the lovable one. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. think they. I think you guys found, uh, found us on the beer rate.
9: Yeah, actually, we we not proud of that way of finding beer, but we hadn't done any Czech <laughs> beer for a long time, and we looked on. Uh, we Dan wanted us to go over there and find some Czech beer. And uh, we looked on Rate Beer and Beer Advocate. Three of the top ten beers, uh, Czech beers were from Coat. So, so we said there must be something going on because they're, they're Pilsner-style beers rating in the 90s on those things, and they usually rate so Imperial So this, this is
2: the first <laughs> Czech beer you've imported?
9: Uh, we had People of Our Doom. From it's a small brew pub in, in Czech Republic. We tried it years ago, and the quality was was a problem, and it just fell through. So yeah. we had stayed away for years and years.
2: So you tell us about this journey, Joel, because this is cool. I'm I'm psyched. We got the coat, everybody.
9: Yeah. Cheers. We got some a lot Nostravi. of Rick beer guys
2: in here. Come on. Nostravi. It's Nostravi. a special resurrection Nostravi. of uh, Czech good beer,
9: you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a it's a very special thing. It's the equivalent of English uh, cask ale or the gravity cake from Germany. We bring it's the way the beer used to be made, and we wanted to go there and find the real stuff. You know, there's plenty of pasteurized, kind of not real stuff over here that's well known. And this is the stuff that they used to drink up until recently. Which and beer
3: is this that we're drinking oh, right sorry. now? Oh, sorry.
9: This is the, um, quote, 12 Degree. All the beers are named uh, with numbers of, you know, uh, Plato. And the 12 Degree is the f- uh, flagship beer, the everyday Czech Pilsner, really, you would call it. I think, Adrian, correct? No, it's Right. Yeah. Is this a growler yeah. filler? Or is this and a how bottle beer? This is something these guys carry it over by hand in their luggage, <laughs> uh, in plastic jugs. This is not. Um, um, this is not dissimilar to what they do in the real world in Czech Republic, where you'll go to the brewery and fill your plastic jug and ride your bike home and drink it. <laughs> and it actually so survived pretty well. Even Mr. Scala said it's only 95% uh, off. It's 95% so, good.
3: Um, explain Degrees Plato. I mean, what's the translation to...
9: I'll let Adrian do that. Okay. Uh, many thanks,
8: Joel. Well, Plato <laughs> is um, it is the, the ratio of the malt content towards the water. And sure. that's the more actual, basically, the more malt you put in, the more sugars you have, uh, you make during the brewing process. And the more sugars you get, the more There is like food for the yeast to create alcohol, CO two, and heat. So, what is the
3: ABV on our ABV
8: is the final what you get in terms of percentage of the final alcohol. And uh, the Plato is is what you put original, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a Plato is what how many percent of malt you put in the water before you start the brewing process.
3: I think so that's usually, good to hear.
8: usually with a certain plateau, you're most uh, you're most likely to get somewhere with the ABV.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, we have some other brewers here too. We have a Lionel from Scilly in, in, in Belgium, and uh, we've also still have Alexander from Kloster uh, Andex in, in Bavaria. Um, it, what do you guys think? Isn't this cool that we've we've got a, a new brewery from? Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic here. I'm so old. Actually, know. it's
3: just fun to have all these countries yeah. rep- I mean, represented right now what in this we tiny have? little we have, shipping container we have we're sitting in. We
2: have Bayern, which is its own country. We have Czech, his own country. Belgium, its own country. That's pretty good. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. Bayern is not How about, exactly about we're going to let their reps
2: country, talk, the reps the, talk? We actually have the brewers <laughs> and they're so quiet. Dan Turto, Global Imports. Tell us about... It's Lehman, Jim. Tim. Lehman.
7: Tur- I'll take Turto, though. It sounds like a luscious name. So, <laughs> Dan Lehman. Oh, I like it. It's right in front of you. I see it in the writing. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, it's all good. So I'm with Global Beer Network. We do nine family-owned Belgian breweries. And kind of our philosophy is that we're trying to build individual breweries, individual brands. We, we're dedicated. We don't go too much outside of the box what we have. Um, and what that has done for us, which is really interesting, is push some of the breweries to compete with the American market. Instead of trying to find a brewery to compete with the American market, we make our breweries kind of step up. And that's why Lionel's here today, uh, because he has an experimental dark saison sour that we have the first growler in America in, on my lap right now. Well, let's taste that to true. So.
2: And I want you to talk to um, these guys from Coke, because they're here, new to New York. Is it your first time in New York? Well, no, mine not, but Mr.
8: Scala's definitely has. Yes.
2: And these are more experienced importers and stuff, and you got Joel. So, Dan, tell us a few things. What do you think about... Shelton
3: Brothers th- is pretty experienced. Well, yeah. they are, but... They,
2: they
7: have a little bit I'm, of experience. Dan, are <laughs> on What do you they're think is our, the, They're from our home state. They're from, both from Massachusetts, Shelton Brothers, Global Beer, and we, we have a little <laughs> stinging... We're getting killed right now about the brewing, so it's a hard time. Well, how for about us.
2: this? Just, do, you have, do you want to say anything about the, how interesting it is to have? No, I think this it's awesome. I, you know, listen. Here. I
7: think at the end of the day, what you're going to hear from all of these breweries today, we heard from uh, you know from the German brewer, we heard from the Czech brewer, is a uh, passion, which is number one thing that we always talk about, and the second thing is quality, right? You hear about experimentation all the time, but quality and, and belief in your product, that I think it's so cool to have so many passionate people with different styles of beer here. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to keep track of all the names because <laughs> well, there's. I know. Eight, okay, you can raise your time. hand. Or how about this? Just say Adrian Soroki?
3: Raise your hand. <laughs> that <laughs> helps on radio. much. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's very difficult. Alexander to say. Rice.
2: So Polish, oh he's yeah, over there he's raising his hand. Jeff Werman. <laughs> Lionel van der Hagens. Yes. All right. Okay, Jimmy's taking yes roll
3: call for himself, <laughs> so he can try to figure this Who's out. Who's
2: the guy back there with you?
3: do <laughs> try it.
9: That's Sebastian Zauer from Fry Guys. Sebastian Zauer? Hey! What are you doing here, man? He hasn't been
3: what are you doing since here since last you time. He better come up.
9: So tell you what, we, we, uh,
2: <laughs> this is called... I
3: met that guy before. Isn't this
2: like the ultimate, it's the ultimate European brewery tour tonight on Beer Sessions Radio? And to tell you what, we're going to take a short break and, and talk about all the good things on Heritage Radio Network. We'll be back in a few minutes and we'll talk with uh, Sebastian from Fry Guys too, all right, on Beer Sessions Radio.
8: Sebastian... <laughs>
2: This
1: one's called When It Rains by Four Lincolns On the Heritage Radio Network Dot
2: Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. Coolest place in New York. It's more than pizza. It's a two-star restaurant. I think tonight I'm going to have the most fun mangalese pork collar for dinner. And we've got the, the greatest lineup I've, we've ever had here. We've got...
3: For my going away party. Yeah, Jen's you know,
2: many? Like, we've got you know Alexander from Close to Ondex, uh, uh, new to New York. We've got Coat from Czech, also new to New York. We've got uh, Lionel from Silly who we love, and he's got a new beer, Silly Sour, and our buddy, uh, mm. I'm check his name because I'm going and crazy. And that Silly tonight.
3: Sour is so pretty darn doing? good. Our Fry
2: Guys boy right here. Sebastian. Yeah. Sebastian from Fry Guys. He just walked in. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there was this festival this past weekend in Portland, Maine. Jen was there. Joel, Shelton, here, our buddy. And uh, I think I want to make a toast first to the, the diversity of, of good beer in, in the world right now because... You know, when, when Michael Jackson was first writing about it, he was discovering the, the old breweries and people like Don Feinberg from Van Bergen De Wolf took that, took that lead and, and found beers like, you know, Duvel and Saison DuPont and... Um, Looking back now, now we have this whole new resurgence where there's American craft beer and everyone's drinking American craft beer. But there's also these great, there's, there's, there's you know, like uh, close to Anderx over here, Alexander and, and Lars, you guys weigh in, you know, you guys are doing some, some cool stuff and it's a traditional Benedictine monastery. Well,
3: within this room, we have representation from, oops, on, oops, almost a foul, um, ondex, which is he, 14 something was when they started and then now sebastian's with us from freitgeist which is the new wave in cologne yeah. so
2: yeah and we get, and we get silly too and uh the guys from yeah so we've got Coke. all a
3: range yeah. of history here and
2: so i, I want to try like this everyone stop from minute, just like everyone first we have to make a toast <laughs> but just just saying if you're out there as a beer fan i mean this is the ultimate moment where i'm like i still look to europe i love european beer german and and, and Czech. you know Czech coming back and uh Fry Guys, we got something from from Cologne other than Kolsch, but... uh, You
10: mentioned Germany already.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, we almost had a German show too. And it it just overwhelmed because it's, it's really amazing. In this room right now, there's so many great beer people... And I feel so honored. And, and uh, we're going to keep drinking tonight. We're going to go to Spite and Dival after this, and we're going to have a great time. Or
3: 508. And then
2: January. i got my
3: launch of my uh, collaboration at 508 in and, and, uh Yeah, and I you, guess it's like try back You made a Tribeca beer Chris Kuzme, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris Kuzme and I uh, collaborated on a double IPA, which is both my... First and his first double IPA. It's called Jen's Apartment of Hops. So if, if
2: I if I were Michael Jackson, the great beer writer, because we're trying to bring back the memory of him and and you know read his books, I would say tonight would be like the greatest beer night of my life. You know, <laughs> so cheers to everybody. Cheers. So cheers. And uh, I, I want to bring you know, Sebastian just walked in from Fry Guys. This is a cool night. Sebastian, how are you, man? I'm fine, man. How was how the you? festival in Portland?
10: It was great. Even if uh, Joel was around, but it
2: was still pretty nice. <laughs> well, somebody's going to give Joel a mic. Come on. So I take I take exception
9: to that comment.
3: <laughs> so wait, Sebastian, what has Fright Geist... I, I met you last year right after the festival. Same time last year. You were in the studio. That's you, right, On yep. the same trip, and we were first hearing about your beer because you had just launched this market. and uh, And now it's a year later, and I remember you were doing a lot of... You did some... Wacky stuff, but a lot of it was based on traditional German styles. And I wanted to know what you've, what the brewery's been up to since then. Have um, you done? What else have you been like? What other amazing creations are you proud of?
10: We actually grow uh, a lot since then, um, because this was just a start in the US with some a sh- small, small percentage of our beers which we have around. So we set uh, together two years ago with the Shelton Brothers. Uh, in Cologne and we decided which beers we should start so it was uh, four beers um, right away and after the festival it was clear that Geister Zugose um, we made in, uh, for the festival or we brought one keg in and everyone loved it so we had to send it right away and after then we sent so many new beers inside which uh, we have in Germany uh, quite more regular And but now it's quite regular in the US as well and we're just uh, going on and can do everything what we want and uh, also with other export uh, possibilities within Europe and Canada. So that's a good situation mm-hmm. because we love to do, we just want to do, brew the beer we want. So we are not making beer just for um, selling, but just also for, for our own taste. Sure.
9: And Sebastian's being very modest, but he's mm-hmm. just started a new side project called the Monarchy, which is an offshoot of Freygeus, and He hasn't even mentioned it yet. No' oh, I so didn't mention, mention it. It did,
2: did you bring any Fry beer for us to drink, Joel?
9: I did. Okay,
2: let's Fantastic. have some. Fantastic. Yeah.
3: Um, but no, I, I was more asking about specific beers that were particularly fun for you to be able to brew and launch. Because I loved my favorite last year that I tried and then have tasted every time I could get my hands on it is the Abraxis, which was a smoked Berliner Weiss, as I recall. Yep. I'm and glad so, you liked it. Yeah. But, and that one's around. But... There were, there were some others, I think, you brought to the festival also. So,
10: Yeah, right. In the meantime, uh, we brought into the U.S. Um, a sour porter, which is also lactic sour porter, which is referring to uh, the old Hanseatic days when uh, also beer was brewed with salt to, for the balance. And it's sour and it's really like a very full-bodied beer um we concentrated also with the new project the monarchy more on way more special beers like old uh, beer stars which were around in the 19th century and died out in the meantime um so there's a lot of beers in the former times were around and uh, it was a big variety but um we want to revive as many as possible so um a lot of a lot of fun was last year in october when we brewed uh Grozyski slash Gretzer, which was uh, 100% oak wheat malt beer, which was a really crazy brew because 100% wheat, everyone who ever brewed knows that this is pretty shitty for loitering. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a 7.7 degree plato beer, so 3.3% alcohol. And um, pretty bitter, 35 IBUs with Polish hops and that kind of stuff. So one of my fr- my friends drove from Prague from the lab, hours drive to Netherlands just for bringing three kegs of yeast and um, that kind of fun uh, that kind of stuff is making a lot of fun so we are right now pouring the Gose, which is a very traditional beer. G- uh, Goze was um, very pop, uh, came up in the town of Goslar which is a bit in the middle of the center of uh, Germany and the river through the city is called Goze and became way more popular in the east Especially in Leipzig, but uh, died out uh, twice in the 20th century. And uh, we, nowadays, there are t- uh, two versions in Leipzig around. And uh, we are big fans of the beer style because it's very, um, has this great sourness, but it's not crazy, it's not tart, it's not funky. But it but, uses salt, right? Right, and it's salt and coriander inside. And it's the top fermented wheat beer, and we use the old German brewing technique which means that we use spruce branches within uh, the word. So you have a little bit of spruce stays inside, but it's all about balance. So we don't want to have crazy spruce stays inside, but it's really balanced.
3: And that was, a, that was a style that almost disappeared, right?
10: Yeah, it died out twice in the 20th century. Yeah, but
3: a, and now we love it. So I'm glad you kept let's it Let's along. go
2: around. We have so many great brewers and, and brewery reps in the room tonight. And let's go, th- let's go around and, and ask them. First, we're talking about the 19th century. I mean, in some ways, that was a heyday for brewing, and and we're just getting back to that now. Um, Let's start with Alexander over here, Alexander from Cluster Ondex. Tell us to you, you know, and Lars, you can jump in. You know, in 19th century Germany, maybe what were the styles that he was brewing and something?
6: Yeah, the style was uh, heavy beers. So now you get to, to try the beer, uh, still have to taste from beer, but not as heavy. So we can fill it with the Doppelbock Dunkel that we have a little bit less now. But where we go really hard in is the white beer and the normal lager beer, which goes up. But it, it has to taste beer. So, so let's, say, let's
2: say you want to make a, a, a historical beer from the 19th century that was from your brewery close yeah. to Andux. What beer would you bring back?
6: Uh, so a, dark one, a dark one a rare high gravity dark one beer that would it be high gravity dark.
2: and let's talk to Adrian uh, representing Cote brewery same thing in, in Czech Republic in the 19th century um, you know what, what were some of the the, the beer styles that, that would have been really considered the top
8: quality beers well I think Czech Republic is pretty conservative when it comes to beer so it was most of it was like the Pilsner style lager beer Um uh, it only varies in plateau and color. And, of course, quality. Well, during the communist time, you know, the beer making suffered a lot by uh, closures, you know. Uh, it was horribly underinvested. So the breweries were closing up. The smaller brewers just were, were closing up, you know. They didn't do, invest any.
2: So communism is the same as big, as big beer, like Budweiser. <laughs> now, well, the, the <laughs> no. truth is, the truth
8: is that during communism, ev- everything was state control, and the state decided where and what and who is supposed to sell. So, uh, Pilsner Urquell by then and Ceske Budějovice, which is the Budvar, were the only two breweries awarded the right to export, and that's why you know there were other good beers, obviously, but these two were the only ones who, who actually could. So.
3: Were the other ones thriving within the country during that time?
8: Yeah, they even had. Okay. They even had local. They were limited regionally. So okay. the market was like you know split up into regions, and uh, that was about it.
2: Yeah. And then Lionel from Scilly, you're a, tell us what you know what's going on in 19th century in Belgium. Uh, and
4: your family was making yeah, beer then yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? We started in 1850, and we started with brewing a, a saison. Because when, when my great-great-grandfather started, he had a farm and he was brewing in the winter. And they were making a saison, a kind of Pierre de gallo, so we, we started. So uh, blending old brew and new brew and serving it uh, for the, the people doing the harvest during the summer. So they were drinking about, ah, yes, in liters, uh, about five to eight liters per day of that beer and working on the fields. So it was a dark beer. Because we were malting also. We were, in, in fact, cultivating the barley, then malting, and then brewing. And as we were malting, it was a dark beer because it was not as easy as today. as.
3: Do you still cultivate your own malt? No,
4: no, 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 no. We stopped malting. Too also. much work. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's another. <laughs> in the old days. And Sebastian, for you, you, you said, talk about the Goza, but tell us another style that if you were back in 19th century Germany, what, what beer would you be making now? Your favorite beer.
10: Uh, I think it would be uh, Something like uh, Braunschweigermomo That kind of beer Used to be uh, One of the strongest Top fermenting beers In those days And uh, b- Momo, Yeah It's a very Very <laughs> Alexander old do you know that style Yeah
6: I hate it Yeah 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 it's good beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, sure.
10: What What is that stop? It's, it's not too far away from the doppelbock he mentioned. So. Exactly. But <laughs> it was stop fermenting, and uh, yeah. but those beers in those days were all uh, very. Uh, a lot of them were very strong, but uh, contained a lot of a lot of sweetness. So what they was were very not strong back in a then good way. is
3: my question because Something very like strong
10: alcohol. but Yeah, because very strong.
3: Right now in the United States can be a lot higher than that actually. So ten no, percent though is pretty big
10: but those beers used to be always very balanced in Germany but uh they were still uh, having a high uh, plateau degree, but they had a very bad attenuation. So most of them were like probably 50% attenuated, which means uh, that you yeah, are sometimes, sometimes ha- having 25-degree plateau, where you nowadays would have something like like at least 12% alcohol and uh, 7.5% alcohol in those days.
2: This is awesome. I want to cut back because we, we've got the guy from Coat from in Czech who's here. With With Adrian Adrian, let's ask him a couple more questions because this is historic he's here for the first time in New York um, he's reviving this great tradition um, from a country that was really kind of down and out for a long time with the Soviet era so a couple of things ask him how he first started making beer and, and you know his education and how long he's been working in the beer industry things like that. <coughs>
4: Já jsem totiž ten pivovar koupil z toho důvodu, že jsem tam jako mladý kluk chodil na brigádu a po 40 letech se ten pivo, pivovar prodával, už v dezolátním stavu, v rozpadlém stavu a vím, že se tam vařilo dobrý pivo, tak jsem si, jak ho koupím a budu zase vařit dobrý pivo jako kdysi. Koupil jsem ho k 25. výročí svatby mý manželky s mojí manželkou Okay, Adrian. I feel
2: like
4: I'm in an Orthodox church or
2: something.
8: It's pretty awesome. <laughs> let me, me just say Martin that this I mean, 18, 18 of his. I, I hope worked. there's people who understand, but anyway. Yeah, no, yeah they will be. Most of it. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, well, Mr. Skeloff first uh, learned about code uh, when he was like 15 years old. And he used to go to work and uh, during the summer, you know, to earn some money. And he went there. Uh, he went to cult, you know, to do all to do all the nasty things. And uh, years later, by the way, the, the brewery got shut by Pilsner Urquell in 1969. And uh, later on, like 40 years later, uh, in 2002, uh, Mr. Skull learned it was for sale. And he just, you know, he just realized he could, or he would love to restore the tradition there so he decided to buy it and he took all the family money you know and loans and things like that and did it which most of the family were not too happy about so he decided to dedicate it as a 25th anniversary wedding gift to his wife but she wasn't obviously happy about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then now you guys did you buy the original brewery or or did you make a new it's
8: the very no it's the original one so it took it took like two years, you know, to, to clean up the premises before they could even start reconstruction, and then you know, uh, putting in all the equipment, bringing it in, putting it into operation, and finally in two thousand six they brew, they brewed the first brew. Um, I
2: also ask him ask him if he wants to say anything else because we're going so.
4: to close no. so, so, no. so, out. That's excellent, Mister Skellig. Just said, okay. I wish the
8: people just relished on the beer like they used to before.
2: And what, what's the last beer you poured for us? Because this is pretty awesome. The dark beer.
8: Uh, so. That's the
3: eighteen, right? That's the
8: eighteen. It's Plato eighteen. It's eight ABV. It's delicious. And it's a uh, dark, strong dark lager. Mm. Uh, we do it the way it was used, or they used to do it before, which means open fermentation. Uh, like 18 plus days, uh, then it's transferred into 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 lagering cellars, goes into tanks, stays there for a minimum of 90 days, usually more. Uh, before it's ready, the way you have it, now. So you have the unpasteurized and, and unfiltered version. And
3: is it only on tap in the United States? Is that why we're drinking out of these uh, plastic bottles? Or do you sell it in the plastic bottles? Or uh, we do don't you?
8: sell it in the plastic <laughs> because plastic is obviously not a good thing. Uh, we're making… They're we're, we're,
3: cool, even yeah, if they're plastic. Yeah, they're lightweight,
8: right? Yeah, yeah, they're lightweight. But uh, we're making an investment, uh, hopefully spring next year, uh, into a bottling line. So we Listen, do care. Don't
2: modernize too fast. But, Joel, tell us something before we close
9: up. I just wanted to um, tell everybody that Coat that Brewery was featured on Anthony Bourdain on his check episode. If anybody wants to go online and look for that, that's the brewery he chose to visit, and he gets a little tour there, and you can see the place on the show. All right. Um, we're going to sign up soon, but let's just go around one more time. Everyone say
2: their name and uh, their affiliation because this is a very special show.
3: Jen Schwartman. I used to work at the Blind Tiger. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy here.
6: <laughs> Alexander Reitz, Clusterbrau-Arandix. All right.
4: Lars. Lars Dahlhaus with St. Killing Importing. Love that.
8: Adrian, the business guy from cote Czech
10: mm-hmm. Republic. Joel Shelton, Shelton Brother. Sebastian Sauer, Fraga's Beer Culture and the Monarchy.
2: Dan Lehman, Global Beer. Lionel Van der Ragen, Brasserie de Silii. And thanks for coming on, Lena. We didn't get to talk to you too much. That feeling sour.
3: I just have to say <laughs> that that thing, we didn't talk about it. It was delicious. So uh, thank was, you for bringing that. Very, very they tasty. They were all good tonight, but we didn't really talk about that Very one. tasty.
9: Thank
2: you. Well, I'd like to thank our sponsors at com who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Beer Assassins Radio is uh, supported by the Good Beer Seal. you learn more about us next week. Tune in because it's uh, July Good Beer Month. Mayor Bloomberg will give us a proclamation for the fifth year that July is New York City Good Beer Month. And, and cheers to Mayor Bloomberg. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to BR and Joel Schuller for, for putting the show together tonight with our intern, Justin Kennedy. And uh, everyone who else is here, I'm going to go through Jen. We've got Alexander, You know Lars, John.
0: Adrian,
2: Adrian. <laughs> Sebastian, Dan, and uh, it's a quite, isn't it? Come to 508 tonight. All
3: right, tonight. Hey. Come All right to party on.
2: <laughs> Thanks Drink for listening to beer. our show. Thanks, Jack Insley, Brio Connor, and Joe Gallagher. everybody. Thanks Thank for listening. You we'll be back next week. we be
3: here, Jimmy. Love you. Radio. All right.
2: Bye, Jen. We love you. All right. Bye, Bye Jen.
1: Bye, Jen. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org.